to the Phoenix Life with Liz. Thank you so much for choosing to join me again in our ongoing conversation as we all share in the Phoenix Life experience. As a reminder, I'm your host, Liz Rourke, and today we are going to quickly review what we've covered so far, and then we'll be diving into what it means to know yourself and what we can do to better and more thoroughly know who we are, what we believe in, and what drives us. We've addressed the scary topic of trauma, the potential reasons we have found ourselves broken down amongst the ashes, often trying to figure out what has happened, how to move forward from where you are now, and who you are now. We talked about how important it is to have awareness to your trauma. Well, the topic of awareness is where I believe we should begin today because awareness of self is just as vital as awareness to trauma, specifically awareness to the new self, because you are no longer who you used to be, and that's okay. Trauma, just like the fire with the phoenix, causes transformation through destruction. Trauma destroyed the old you, which gives you the unique opportunity to learn who you are now. It's not necessarily a super fun journey, but it's definitely a worthwhile and interesting journey we should all take. Before you can begin to heal, you need to know and understand yourself. This will not only enable you to be able to determine what healing options are the best fit for you, but in learning and truly understanding who you are, you will become empowered. And feeling empowered after a traumatic experience can jumpstart your healing process. Now we're talking about knowing the true new you. You at your core. Not the previous version or versions of you. Not how other people define you. And definitely not a you that's defined by your trauma because our traumas do not define us. We're talking about exploring the new, reborn, better you that you are now. One thing I learned personally is that it's okay and sometimes necessary to allow yourself to mourn the loss of the old you. So take the time to grieve and say goodbye and mourn if you feel that's what you need. And when you're ready, prepare to take a deep dive inward. Now, there's many ways and approaches that you can do this. I'm going to share what I did and what worked for me to gain a real understanding of who I am now. And by the way, when I say that it's a journey, I'm still learning more about myself every single day. And the things that I learn are never dull, that's for sure. I think the best place to start is by letting go of what you think you know about who you are and start with a blank slate. Let go of other people's opinions and expectations Let go of the features and memories of the old you, and don't go into this with any expectations for yourself to start. Start blank. Start free. So you have the room and space you need to discover yourself and rewrite the definition of you. Because remember, you get to write your life story. Once you've created this open and blank space, free from expectations and judgments, the self-learning journey can truly begin. So you may have mourned your old you and let go of that old you truly, let go of any expectations and judgments. Your space is wide open, free, you feel ready to start, and you're wondering where to begin. While starting to do my own research, I came across some information provided by Psychology Today that said it was most important to understand your VITALS, an acronym that stands for Values, Interests, Temperament, Around-the-Clock Activities, life mission, meaningful goals, and finally, strengths. Values are your desires and what will ultimately form your goals and motivators. Interests are what form your passions, your hobbies, things that draw your attention, keep you entertained over periods of time, and bring you joy. Temperament are your inborn preferences. Are you introverted or extroverted? Are you a planner or do you prefer to go with the flow? Around-the-clock activities means when you prefer to do certain things, like when do you like to go to bed? When do you like to wake up in the morning? Life mission and meaningful goals means you understand your purpose 
and what you consider to be the most meaningful events of your life. And strengths, these are what you're good at in terms of abilities, talents, skills, can apply to characteristics. Consider what people consistently tell you about yourself. You're a natural born leader. You're very charming, fiercely loyal, enthusiastic, or strongly determined. This was helpful for me to see it broken down in a way that felt digestible when I was just getting started. It did influence how I began my own approach to self-discovery, but I absolutely put my own spin on things as I went and learned more to make it more appropriate for me. For me, I started by creating some initial lists and allowing myself to free write. I then answered some probing questions I crafted, as well as some I discovered from multiple varied sources. Some of my initial lists that I did some free writing to included prompts like, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What are my skills? What am I passionate about? What brings me joy? What drains my energy? Things like that. You can also use journal type prompts if that helps you start diving in. Prompts like, I don't want to write about who am I now, who I was as a child and how I'm different now, or have a conversation with your younger self or with your older self. Free writing through journaling or these list prompts can help you find the answers to the questions or create opportunities for you to discover something else about yourself that may not be covered by the questions you choose to use. It's also a great cathartic experience. Free writing, just letting any and all thoughts that come to you flow through you to your pen on the paper or to your fingers on that keyboard. For some, meditation can have a similar positive impact and lead to additional self-discoveries. Next, I jumped into answering the challenging, more probing questions that I had both gathered and crafted myself. Now, as you approach this task, please don't feel a need to rush through answering these questions just for the sake of completing it. Take the time you need to really dig deep, be thoughtful, and be as thorough as you can in your responses. For me, on some of these questions, I needed to gather more information and be more educated, as well as at times just allow myself to sit with the question and really think about how I felt before crafting my response. The more thorough and well-informed your responses are, the more helpful they will be in providing you an understanding of yourself. A quick reminder that this is the optimal time to be directly and brutally honest with yourself. By being so strongly and at times uncomfortably honest with yourself, you will really get to know who you are at the present moment through your self-exploration journey. So take your time, be thorough, and most importantly, be honest. So here's a pretty full list of example questions that I used. I started out with what are my values? What are my core beliefs? And with this one, I tried to identify and disconnect beliefs that had been taught to or instilled in me by others like family before and solely identify what I currently believe. Additionally, when answering what my core beliefs are, I found it helpful when I broke it down into subject topics. For example, I answered specifically what my core beliefs were as they pertain to the following categories. Health and wellness, family, friendships, romantic relationships, sex, career and work, spirituality or religion, and money. I'm certain there are more categories you could identify and provide answers to, but these are the categories I went with to start. All right, so back to some more of the questions themselves. What are my abilities and talents? What inspires me? Who inspires me? What do I like? What do I dislike? What are my hobbies? What are my interests? What is my emotional intelligence level? What motivates me? What do I expect of others? What do I expect from myself? 
Do I take responsibility for my mistakes? What traits do I have? What traits do I admire? What traits do I dislike? Who do I admire? What are my personal standards? What are my daily habits, both bad and good? What makes me unique? What value do I provide, both in a personal and a professional capacity? How do I think people perceive me? How do I want people to perceive me? What am I avoiding? What parts of myself am I struggling to accept? What am I afraid of? What parts of myself am I proud of? How do I define success? What matters most to me? How do I define happiness? What are some of the greatest lessons I've learned so far? What am I most grateful for? What have I always wanted to try? What are my superpowers? What is my purpose or purposes in life? What do I believe is the meaning of my life? How do I want to be remembered or thought of after a simple interaction with someone? What do I think and or feel about death? Who do I aspire to be? And who is the dream or best version of me? Another great way to learn about yourself is by using certain tools that are available to you. Personality assessments can provide you with strong insight into who you are and why you are the way you are. You may have heard of the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Personality Inventory, MBTI, also known as the 16 Personalities Test. It's an easy-to-take questionnaire that assesses in four categories. The first, are you outwardly or inwardly focused, extroverted or introverted? Second, how do you prefer to take in information, through sensing or through intuition? The third, how do you prefer to make decisions, through thinking or feeling? And the fourth, how do you prefer to live your outer life, through judging or perceiving? After completing the assessment, it will assign you a personality type. There are 16 types. It will also provide you with a great explanation of what it all means. I am an ENFJ, which is, I've learned, one of the rarest personality types. ENFJ stands for extroversion, intuition, feeling, and judging. If you only want to or only able to complete one of these quizzes I'm sharing with you today, I highly recommend that this one be the choice. There are other assessments that can be very useful as well. StrengthsFinder is an easy-to-complete questionnaire that identifies your top strengths out of a total 34. Your top five tend to be the most important as they have the most impact and presence in your life. My top five are Activator, Woo, Competition, Maximizer, and Communication. Activators essentially get things done by turning thoughts into action. Woos, it stands for winning over others. They just love meeting people and connecting with them and breaking the ice. Competition, they either measure their performance against the competition of others or themselves. Maximizers focus on strengths. They seek to transform something subpar or strong into something superb. And communication is just as it sounds. They find it easy to put their thoughts into words. They are great conversationalists, listeners, and presenters. So those are my top five strengths. But like I said, they include a total of 34. So why emphasize your top five if there are 34 total? Your top five hold more power and more presence in your life, like I mentioned. But we all have some strength within the other 34 themes or, you know, 29 minus the top five. We all have some level of strength within them. So they're all pertinent and they're organized by priority or presence level. 
It's also important to know that they separate these 34 strength themes into four main domains or categories, which are the executing domain, which includes strengths like the achiever, the influencing domain, which includes strengths like command, the relationship building domain includes strengths such as developer and adaptability, and the strategic thinking domain, which includes strengths like context and futuristic. Of the different domains' rate of occurrence, the influencing domain or influencing strengths are the rarest to have. And interestingly enough, all of my top five strengths belong to the influencing domain. Influencing strengths make up only 15% of 18 million people's top five strengths. And my entire top five are influencing strengths, a fact that I would have never guessed about myself. Check this one out and see what your results tell you. Another personality test you can try out is known as the Enneagram test. It's a system that describes nine distinct personality types, each represented by a number. Each of the nine types has its own driving force, which is centered around a particular emotion. They are divided into three groups, each having three of the types. The three groups are the body types, whose driving emotional force is anger, head types, whose driving emotional force is fear, and lastly, the heart types, whose driving emotional force is sadness. I discovered I am a three, which is a heart type. I've learned threes are driven by their desire to achieve, their emotions, and have an incredibly strong desire to connect with other people. They have a really strong sense of empathy, and they pursue their goals vigorously and are enormously adaptable. I also learned that I'm classified as a thriving three compared to being considered a stressed or average three. So that's encouraging. It means I'm on the right path. Also, they blew my mind a little bit when I read the quote assigned to threes is fake it till you make it because that's essentially been like a mantra for me throughout my entire life. So weirdly accurate, check it out and and see if it's the same for you. Now, the next assessment I'm going to mention, I'm sure you've heard of. It's widely popular and very well known. It's the five love languages test. Essentially, the basic premise is that different people with different personalities give and receive love in different ways. Makes sense, right? So it's vital to learn how to recognize these preferences in yourself and your loved ones so you can connect more deeply. The five different love languages are positive affirmation, essentially words of encouragement and support, physical touch. To these people, nothing speaks more deeply than appropriate physical touch. Quality time. This is all about giving the other person your undivided attention. Acts of service. Essentially, actions speak louder than words for these people. And receiving or giving gifts. For some people, receiving a thoughtful and heartfelt gift is what makes them feel most loved. And on the other end, some people show love by putting the thought and attention into giving and picking out that gift. My breakdown is quality time at 37%, physical touch at 23%, words of affirmation at 20%, acts of service at 17%, and receiving gifts at 3%. This was not surprising to me whatsoever, especially with receiving gifts ranking so low. Although I'm always grateful to receive a gift, it's never been as meaningful to me or hit me as deeply as the other four do. This is an easy and powerfully quick quiz to take, so why not give it a shot? The last assessment I'm going to share today on this episode is highly regarded and is considered to be in second place of the top two assessments worldwide, just following closely to the Myers-Briggs inventory. It's called DISC, D-I-S-C. It assesses your four main behavioral styles, which are dominance, influence, conscientiousness, steadiness, and it assigns you a DISC style. 
My disc style is the dynamo, a D predominant type. And yet again, I come to find out it's the rarest disc type that you can have, making up only 9% of the global population. Its description of my behavior and traits were just as startlingly accurate as the previous mentioned assessments that I took. It also provides what the test has concluded are your primary motivators. Mine were classified to be aesthetics, economic, individualistic, power, altruistic, regulatory, and theoretical. I'd love for you to share your breakdown once you've taken the quiz, as well as your results to any of the previously mentioned assessments if you feel comfortable doing so. I strongly encourage you to take all of the assessments I've mentioned here and encourage you to go out and find some more. Real self-awareness is a truly rare quality, with studies showing that while 95% of people believe they're self-aware, in actuality, only 10 to 15% of the entire world's population actually are. That blew my mind. Knowledge is power, and having immense knowledge of yourself is absolutely a superpower. Another exciting and interesting topic for a different episode. Just the results I got from these few tests gave me a couple instant takeaways. The first is the thought that most of my results were considered to be extremely rare types. There aren't a lot of people like me in the world, which helped me come to some conclusions to questions I've sought answers to for years, like why I never felt like I really fit in anywhere, or that I was able to connect with people easily, but could never find people like me. Now it makes sense. It's because I'm different, and that's okay. The second instant takeaway was because there are so few like me, I'm classified as a rarity. I have a unique voice, a unique perspective, and a unique approach in life, which means I have a very unique value to offer the world, just like you do. You are the only you this world gets to experience. You are one of a kind, just like I am, and the unique value you have to offer to others and to this world is both limitless and priceless. Once you start feeling confident in knowing who you are, you'll be enabled to figure out just what you want to share and give to the world. And whatever your specific value is you have to offer, it's made even more meaningful and powerful because with your newfound self-knowledge, you are now capable of utilizing your passions and strength to bring your value forth. Another resource to give consideration to is participating in therapy while on your self-discovery journey. We talked about how seeing a therapist and the various types of therapy are proven to be incredibly useful when processing and healing from your trauma, but it can also be a significantly advantageous experience while actively working on discovering who you are. If you need a sounding board to bounce ideas and experiences off of, or a non-judgmental supportive person to help you discover and decipher who you are, therapy may be a fantastic solution for you. It can be done in tandem with your self-driven efforts of improving your level of self-awareness, or it can be done on its own. Whatever you feel is right for you, follow that feeling, follow that gut feeling. It's your intuition speaking to you. And the more you listen to it, the louder and more clear it will become. I absolutely encourage you to even consider giving therapy a try if your curiosity has peaked, because you won't know if it's for you or not until you give it a try. If it's a good fit, that's amazing you found it. But if it isn't, don't be discouraged. There are so many ways we can learn about ourselves only some of which we've mentioned here today. In addition to your self-driven efforts and participating in therapy, being aware of and educated about any physical or mental illness you may have are equally important. You should be the absolute subject matter expert on you, and that includes your health and well-being. The more you know, the better you can ensure you are taking care of you the way you need to be taken care of, which is different for everyone, and that's okay. 
Taking self-inventory should be done comprehensively, not just increasing knowledge and understanding of your personality and behaviors, but who you are in totality. The whole new you is who we're striving to meet. The website aligned with this project and this podcast should be going live within the next couple of weeks. And when it's live, I'll be sure to spread the good news. On the website, there will be additional resources made available to you, along with different blog posts taking different approaches or taking the same approach but further into increasing self-awareness, as well as the various other parts of our conversations we've had and have yet to have. I hope you found some of the suggested tools from this episode today helpful or interesting. I encourage you to take some time to try out different options, to figure out what's a good fit for you and maybe what isn't a good fit for you. There is no wrong attempt or misstep when attempting self-discovery, when you lead without expectations and you're being honest. Remember, it's a journey and it's going to take time. So be patient for yourself and be kind. You deserve nothing but patience, respect, and kindness. And you can attract energy by what you put out into the world. So lead with a good, open, honest, brave, and kind heart. I'm excited to continue our conversation next week and hopefully start to hear about some of your journeys. But until next time, continue to rise.